0: You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm
1: Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about what to do when a book is so damn compelling, it keeps you up at night we just cover the important stuff here you know what What do you do do you keep do you stay up with this book do you do you get sleep which is more important book or sleep
0: we'll ask the hard questions <laughs> we're, put, we're putting this important question to bed <laughs> she did it <laughs> but first what are you reading bria
1: <laughs> i am listening to um uh, just a shout out to Libra FM. We are an affiliate of theirs and I love them. I love their little interface. Don't you love their little interface? Yeah, now? I love their
0: app. I, I oh. use that for for audiobooks now and they're fantastic.
1: I, I love it. Um, I use it exclusively. This is the only thing I use for audiobooks, but I'm listening to something that I love so much. It's not keeping me up at night, but it's making me want to go on more walks so I can continue to <laughs> listen to it. It's called To Paradise by Hanya Yanagihara. Um, wow, this book, Mallory, you know about this book. Yes? Yes, it's a very buzzy book right now. Yeah, it's a big, um, it's a literary fiction book. I didn't know too much about it when I started it, but it takes place over three timelines in sort of an alternate America. But for those who love, uh, in fact, I think we have a question about this at some point uh, soon, but who who love like our world but slightly different, it's that. So this is basically, it takes place in an alternate version of America in which um, gay marriage, and, non, and, and marriage as we knew it for many years between a man and a woman, all the same thing. Like that you can marry and be with whoever you want and it's not. There's a little judgment in some parts of the world but not in 18, late 1800s New York. Um, and so the first section is all about a man who is like this upper class man who is trying to find another man to marry in an arranged marriage. Um, uh, or his family's trying to find another man for him, and, and, uh, it's great. Um, so it has, like, that, like, sort of romance, sort of literary fiction, it's just so beautifully written. And there's two other timelines, um, one in the 1990s where a young Hawaiian man is with, um, is with a man who's much older than him. And then it's also about his father who was from Hawaii and was supposed to be, like, um, um, the Hawaiian king, he was like, that was his lineage. Um, but then when Hawaii became um, a state, that wasn't going to happen for him uh, anymore because obviously they 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 were not going to do kings anymore. I didn't know this about Hawaii, but apparently that, that I think this is partially true. Um, and then the last section takes place um, in the future, and I don't know anything about it because I haven't gotten there yet. But it's like... The stories, I kept trying to find, like, the same—it has some of the same character names, but really it's just the same themes kind of going through them. And, um, wow, it's just so beautifully written, um, like, all about love and family and— what it means to make these decisions, at di- like who you're going to be with at different times uh, in America, um, where, you know, it, in the 1800s, it was very different and uh, about if you were a rich person, about who you're going to marry. It's just a really well-written book. I'm going on and on because it's such, there's so many layers here that it's hard for me to be like, it's about this. Like, it's about a lot of things. Um, How's the narrator? And- so good. It's narrated by multiple people. Um, in oh, different cool. chapters, which, you know, I love that. One of them being B.D. Wong, which was very exciting when I saw that on the list. Who wow, is an actor. Yes, that is
0: really cool. Very cool.
1: But um, it's narrated by uh, quite a few people because, I, because the different chapters the middle section is told by two different people I know and I don't know about the later section um but it's so gorgeous it's so beautifully written if you are a literary fiction fan or someone who kind of likes that our world but different sort of world I would 100% recommend this so far and I'm only about halfway through but it's so gorgeous
0: uh what are you reading Molly? I am reading a book that just came out. It's a new 2022 release. It is Luckin' Booth by Jenny Fagan. And it is, it's about a house. You know, I love a book about a spooky house. Well, it's about a big, it's about a big apartment building. Uh, Well, yes, it is haunted. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Of course. Uh, It's about this apartment building in Edinburgh. And um, basically the story starts in 1910 with this like terrible crime, this terrible thing that happens in the apartment building. And then each chapter um, is a different, like a different um, tenant of one of the flats in a different time period. So we will go ah, forward 10 that. years. Yeah. And it'll be like the woman who lives in this flat uh, on, on the second floor. Then the next one will be 10 years later and this guy who lived on the third flat on the third floor. And they all kind of um, are sort of interwoven like different c- characters. And it comes back to them. You, It's not just like you just it's not like short stories. It comes back to the characters, Um, but they all interact with each other. And like, as you go through, you can see how this tragedy and this crime and this haunting is affecting all these different people who lived in this apartment building throughout, you know, all these decades and how they all interact with each other. And it's really, really cool so far. And the book is like really beautiful. I, I told Jeremy, I was like, do you think this paper is nicer than it normally is? Because this is a really nice paper. I'm reading it in print. Um, but it's fantastic so far. I'm only about halfway through, but I love it. Uh, so that's and Booth by Jenny Fagan. You're having
1: a real Edinburgh moment. I am. <laughs> this is, I was, it's so
0: super funny because I just read um, T.L. Huchy's new book, mm. uh, Our Lady of Mysterious Ailments. I was literally thinking that. I was like, man, I've been spending a lot of book time in Edinburgh. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for it. It's time for a trip. Um, and I am listening to
1: To Paradise by Hanya Yanagihara.
0: So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Laura wrote in with a bookish gift idea. Thanks so much for all the hard work you put into the podcast. It's a weekly must listen for me. You're welcome, Laura. (laughs) And thank you. I wanted to let you know about a bookish gift idea I just learned about. I learned today that many libraries will put a book plate in a book in someone's honor in exchange for a donation. I know the New York Public Library does this and my local library in a much, much smaller city does this as well. I just got this as a last minute gift for my mother-in-law who loves books books but seems to have already read everything i hope you are having a restful holiday season and are enjoying a well-deserved break all the best to the two of you in 2022 that is a really cool idea i love
1: that that's very sweet for the book lover how fancy would you feel oh yeah you
0: know in a nice way to support libraries i have my name in a book in the new york public library very fancy i always think
1: about that when people have their names on like benches and stuff where i'm like what a fancy person like you can afford to (laughs) Own this, uh, donate this thing where I get to sit. (laughs) Um, Colleen, same middle name. I have that same middle name. uh, Wrote in and said, thank you so much for the yearly reading challenges. My favorite from 2021 was... Get rid of a book you will never read. I live within walking range of three free little libraries. Cool. But a lot of the books were falling apart, soaking wet, and growing mold. And clearly being (laughs) thrown in these three, these little libraries instead of the trash. Gross. So in spirit of reading glasses, I absolved people of their book sins and put these books in the recycling garbage. Oh my god, I love this. Now fellow I readers can actually see what's on what's on offer and the clean books can find new homes. It's very satisfying. I recommend it to my fellow glassers for stress relief. I love this. It's not get <laughs> but it's get rid of a book no one will ever read. Not just you will never yes. read. No one is ever going to read these books.
0: You're you're I feel like it's like um it's like you're cremating like cremating a book or taking it through the taking it over
1: yeah, there you bringing go. it
0: to the light. Colleen's Wheelhouse is teenagers fucking up the patriarchy with magic, nice. queer graphic novels, diverse fantasy, hauntings, you know, I love that, and love triangles resolved with polyamory. That might hey. be the only good way for a love triangle to resolve. It's just like midway through the book. They're like, you know what? Why don't we just all make we're, out? We're all, this we're,
1: we're all here for it. I, I feel like uh, Colleen is a fan of Sarah Gailey. Just looking oh, at abs- these,
0: these, yes. <laughs> <laughs> these, these books. If Colleen isn't reading Sarah Gailey, I, you know, we... That has to be fixed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show, delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And quick bookmark, very exciting. The 2021 challenge winners have been chosen. Um, (gasps) Bye-bye. A lot of little pieces of paper. I had to write people's names down and then pull. I don't. I don't really have a hat. Really so I just wish to- you would have recorded this. This would have been <laughs> great. I this
1: is something from very good fodder for the Instagram.
0: <laughs> I don't have a hat, so I just put them in, like, a bowl from my kitchen. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but they have been chosen, and we're going to send some boxes of books out. We want to thank everyone for entering. Uh, the winners are Elizabeth, Alexandra, and Linda. Uh, you will be, And I'm glad because they sent their wheelhouses in because, obviously, it was for part of the challenge. But now I can kind of try to— um uh- Oh, uh, Taylor, the books, the, the book boxes for them. So um, thank also, you, everyone. So many Elizabeths,
1: I'm sure every Elizabeth was like, "Is it me?" But we've let them know at this point. Right? I, I, I've already okay. I've emailed them. Okay, okay,
0: and they all and they all emailed us back. Okay, so okay. that happened. I think one year is a few people didn't email me back, and I was like, "Do you not? Like, <laughs> please, you don't want free books for a winner? You want a free book?" Um, thank you, everyone, for participating. We love doing the challenge, and um, yeah, so we hopefully you know again this year pizza hut it's your time there's plenty of time we're in 2022 pizza hut could get get at us chipotle could get back at us the new exciting tasty sponsors could get in for the reading glasses challenge Mm -hmm. um you got you got a whole year to get to get in touch with us Mm uh so before we talk about books that keep you up at night we're going to take a quick break Sunglasses is sponsored in part this week by Beta Brand. Do you ever leave the house in the morning feeling cute and confident, but then rumpled and run down by the end of the day? Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants can help you feel polished and put together all day long. Bria, you want to tell us about these magical pants? Well, listen... Do
1: I want to just wear something comfortable all day
0: long? Yes. Who
1: doesn't? I'm very excited about this. Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants are designed to with the fit and flexibility of yoga pants, which is something I want to wear all the time. They're soft, they're stretchy, they're comfortable, and they're wrinkle resistant, so they don't like end up looking crappy by the end of the day, which happens to me sometimes when I'm wearing very comfortable but like pants that are yeah. not
0: not great. Uh,
1: so they these will look good and feel good all day long.
0: I was really surprised by these. I mean, we all know the pandemic has changed a lot of our lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the main ways that has changed us is now I just don't want to wear uncomfortable pants ever again. mm -mm. No, I I can't. And I was really surprised. I got the dress pant yoga pants and straight leg. And I got the there's a it's a it's like houndstooth pattern, but it's actually cat's. It's just a bunch of little cat faces. So, of course, I had to get that one. And I was really impressed when you put them on. They literally feel like jammy pants. They're really comfortable. They have pockets, which is fantastic. Love that. um, and But... They look like dressy enough that you could like go to a meeting or, you know, go to the office or go to work or whatever you need to do. And I mean, I obviously had to choose the cat face ones, but there's dozens of colors, patterns, cut styles, bootleg joggers, cropped skinny pants, whatever you want. They've got them and they get they sometimes release fun limited time prints, uh, which is really, really cool. Uh, so, yeah, if you are maybe you you're go- going back into the office, um, you know, I don't know other jobs people have. Well, I mean, honestly,
1: like there, I don't go to an office every day, but I do think it's important to get dressed every day. I get dressed every single day. I put on pants every day I because I feel like it's important for me to still get dressed. And these are the perfect thing because they are that cross between I look professional, I feel good, but then also I'm very comfortable at the end of the day. So right now, get 30% off your beta Brand order when you go to betabrand.com slash glasses. That's our special URL. So you're supporting us. You're supporting the show when you use it. And that's 30% off your first order at betabrand.com slash
0: glasses. Glasses. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Our comedy podcast, Jordan, Jesse, Go! just celebrated its 15th anniversary. It was a couple months ago, but we forgot. Uh, Yeah, completely. Our, Our silly show is 15 years old. That makes it old enough to get its learner's permit. And almost old enough to get the talk. Wow, I hope you got the talk before then. A lot of things have changed in 15 years. Our show's not one of them. We're never changing and you can't make us. Jordan, Jesse, go the same forever at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. week we've all had it happen you're reading a wicked good book but it's starting to get late what do you do do you go for it and read all night with wild abandon (laughs) do you take the sensible route and put it down and finish it tomorrow how big of a nerd are you that's the
1: question (laughs) (laughs) well have you
0: have you done this have you stayed up all night reading before hard-hitting
1: questions um well lately especially i'm very good about bedtimes and I always you, have been kind of good it. Bedtime is very about, about, important to pre Like, there was, like, a time when I feel like my Apple Clock Watch or phone, my phone was like, you need, set a bedtime. It helps you go to bed. And I was like, set a bedtime? I don't need to do that. I am very good at <laughs> bedtimes." That's for lesser people. I am, I'm going to go to bed at the time. I will, I will be strict about it. I like to get enough sleep every night. But yes, I will say, even me, who's good at a bedtime, um, uh, I on occasion, a book will keep me up. And sometimes it's because it's good, and I'm like, "This is so good! I just have to keep reading." Sometimes it's because it's scary, but sometimes it's because the characters are just making really poor choices, choices, or they're in danger, and I just am like, "If I don't keep reading, something's going to happen to them." So I do. <laughs> I gotta do keep this, an eye on these people. I gotta keep an eye on these people. <laughs> I gotta make sure they're making good choices like going to bed early. Um but do you do this? Do you stay up reading? I mean, I haven't stayed up oh, all night. Don't be crazy. I've I don't know if I've ever stayed up all night my whole life. Um, <laughs> like not even when I was a teenager. I you know how to spell summer parties when you're a teenager and it was like whoever falls asleep early is going to get toothpaste in their nose or whatever. That's me. <laughs> I'm she. <laughs> like I'm toothpaste lady. I'm frozen bra lady. I couldn't stay up. I was always. Too, or what was the one tired. where you
0: like put someone's hand in a cup and they're supposed to be supposed to make them pee or something? It, it Does that
1: really work? No. Come on. I've but no. you just have a wet hand. <laughs> I think it's just to relax them. But you're already the most relaxed because you're asleep. My favorite thing. <laughs> um do you stay up all night reading
0: uh oh absolutely um all night i've done it oh multiple times yeah no i mean it's not something that happens all the time it's not like i'm like walking around with giant bags under my eyes like (laughs) not sleeping has slept for for three days (laughs) (laughs) i'm on the the mail (laughs) i mean it's happened for me it's the feeling of like oh my god if i don't find out what's happening i will die Mm. like i must know what's happening nothing is more powerful in my life than my urge to know what's happening i am the person in the horror movie that dies first besides the fact that i wear glasses but i am definitely the person who has to know too nosy too nosy I'm very nosy. Uh, Once I get to a tipping point, which is usually, it's like about three-fourths of the way through the book, like when real shit's really hitting the fan, then I'm fucked. Like I have to read the rest of the book, even if it's already like 11 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. Like I've got to get through it. Mm -hmm. So you are worried about people making poor choices, but what types of books specifically are keeping you up at night?
1: Well, I'll say scary ones for sure because – those will just wake me up with nightmares. <laughs> and then I'll I'll wake up and I'll be like, well, I'll just keep reading that book to kind of like power through the scary part. I just read um, Thomas' old Huvelt, and I could be pronouncing that wrong, uh, his new book, Echo, which was so scary. And it had all this stuff that was getting into my dreams. And so I'd wake up and I just was like, I just got to finish this book because it's too scary and I need to finish it because it's just going to keep me up. And that one kept me up late. But I distinctly remember if something is really well- written, but the characters I am super concerned about, um, that will keep me up. And one and I distinctly remember that we both read um, that kept me up was The Girl with the Louding Voice that book yeah. i was so worried about her cuz she was so likable and i really just felt like i wanted to know what was going to happen to her and I, I remember staying up super late trying to get through it because i was like i got to see what ha- if i don't keep an eye on this girl something's bad's going to happen <laughs> she needs some supervision she needs some help <laughs> I, yeah i got i got to keep an eye so it's scary and well written ones with like char- really good character stuff in it basically
0: that makes sense for you. You're very con- you got you have to take care of these these gotta poor take care characters. Of these
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you? Uh,
0: for me, it's it's usually thrillers mm-hmm. uh, and horror books that do this. Uh, a ton of French or a Megan Abbott book for for sure will do it. A Paul Tremblay book uh, definitely. Uh, books that have me dying to know like who's doing the murdering, who's getting murdered, something like that. Uh, like I remember I stayed up until like three or four in the morning when I read. Um, uh, Tana French's first book, In the Woods. I mean, I, I distinctly remember, like, I it was like midnight. You know, when you have that moment and you look at the clock and you're like, I gotta know what happens. Mm-hmm. I gotta, I'm just gonna, I gotta see this through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm finishing this book no matter what happens. I just desperately needed to know what was going on. Like, I needed to know who was doing the murdering. <laughs> um, and, and sometimes, every once in a while, like a literary fiction book will do this if things get really emotional. Um, I always end up finishing, like, a Bryn Greenwood book at 2 a.m. because of this. Um, I think to keep – what it, really what it boils down to is to keep me up at night, a book has to get me into, like, an intense emotional state, state that I need to see through – I think that's really what it is because even like, even if I tried to go to bed, I would just be lying there like thinking about what's going on and I would be all keyed up. Like I have to, it's like that, you know how uh, stress stress as a cycle, you have to like complete the cycle. That's how these books are. Like I can't just stop mid murder. Is stress a cycle?
1: I I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, you should. I uh, one of the book I talk about on the show. Oh my gosh, "Come as You Are" by Emily Nagoski is that um, stress is a big cycle and something that uh, is a problem for a lot of us is that uh, we're constantly like mid cycle. We're just staying stressed and we never like complete it because our bodies and our minds are sort of geared towards like something being completed. Like, oh, something's chasing you, something's happening, and then it's that's why horror movies feel so good to watch because it's taking you all the the way through that cycle. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, I feel like if I get all keyed up, like, I just have to see it through.
1: That's really, uh, but
0: in- yeah, that's that. That's interesting. Do you ever regret it? Do you regret taking, making sure that the girl with the louding voice was going to be okay? Should we, really, the question is, should we not be doing this? Should we put be putting our books down at a sensible hour?
1: <laughs> I mean, no, I don't regret it. I mean, one day of lost sleep, I mean, again, Never stayed up all night, but one day of some lost sleep is probably okay if you're not operating heavy machinery the next day or performing brain surgery. Don't drive, yeah, please. Don't drive if you're ignore exhausted. Ignore all of this
0: if you were like if you were a surgeon. If you're don't my take surgeon, don't advice. you dare! <laughs> Imagine getting on the operating table and the surgeon's like, "Oh my god, the new Paul driver <laughs> book just came out." <laughs> Sorry, I had to stay up all night reading. It. I mean, honestly, at that point, like, I'd be like, like, "I, have I get Megan it." Habit? and I'm like, "Oh no." <laughs> oh, no. uh, okay, so now we find out when, whenever, if you're going to get surgery, find out what your surgeon's yeah, literary is. Yeah. Like, what are you reading are? right now? And it's,
1: like, something real boring. You're like, cool. Um, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just reading a nice new literary fiction book. i like, oh, okay, cool, 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 fine, fine, fine. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, so if it's just a few missed hours of sleep. I think it's okay as long as it's not a habit. Again, I'm going to advocate for sleep over here. Sleep is important. It's one of those things that I don't think we realize how important it is. It keeps our brains being able to read. It keeps us being able to stay present. I think sleep is, this is, people are like, oh, you have so much energy throughout the day. I'm like, yes, yeah, because I sleep, sleep a lot. <laughs> I get a lot of shit done because I, when I'm not getting shit done, I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> There's no middle. Bria I just, has two I literally modes, sleeping I just run, sleeping kick and kicking butt. I run at high and speed she's all day. Butt. or then I just sleep, or then I fall down and go directly to sleep.
0: I can not confirm. Those are Bria's two modes. <laughs> Um, or eating chocolate that's that's true yeah one. that's
1: true that's true but what about you do you think it's is this sensible is this is this a sensible thing to do
0: is this or should people just go to bed um i mean it's not a sensible thing to do but even if i'm exhausted the next day i never regret it <laughs> this i is mean such honestly a you glasses this episode by the way because, like what this a is funny such question a <laughs>
1: sorry go ahead. Oh my God.
0: This is the thing we stuff we live for, um, really. Because my whole thing is like, honestly, I'd rather be tired than like distracted the whole day thinking about the book. It's the same thing. If like a book gets to the point where it's so intense, oh, yeah, like this is never happening when you're starting a book. It's always like midway through or like three fourths of the way where it's like so intense that all you can like. Your brain is in that book. You're not going to be good at doing it. Your surgeon's just going to be thinking about murdering while they're trying to <laughs> fix your organs. <laughs> you don't exactly want that. That's what you shouldn't be thinking of. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Because, like you're just going to be counting the minutes until you can read again. You're going to be trying to sneak pages in under your desk. You're going to be hiding a book underneath your monitor during a Zoom meeting. you are It's just going to, like, when you get to, if, if a book is so compelling and engaging that you want to stop not sleep so you can read it, it's going to be distracting to you the next day. So I'd rather just, like, see it through, mm-hmm. finish the book, go to bed at 1 or 2 or, what, or 3 or whatever it is, than the whole next day me being like, because I'm just going to be rushing through whatever, you know. You don't want your surgeon rushing through your 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 surgery so they can finish their book. That's true. You know. Yeah,
1: don't rush through. That's true. So you think just stay I out. think
0: it's better to lose a few hours of sleep and just finish. Although I will say what I feel like it's a level up in the in your reader life when you can start to figure out like I know, I can kind of guess if I'm like, oh man, I've I'm I'm sort of like close to the middle of the book. I won't start reading it right before bed. You know, I try to give myself a little bit more runway. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, maybe I'll start reading at like four, four. Well, I'll I'll read in the afternoon and see where that gets me.
1: That's always helpful. Yeah. Or it's like, I'm going to take a bath, which is my, my code for like, I'm not going to watch TV anymore. I'm just going to sit here and read. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely I know not to like get to the middle of a Megan Abbott book at 11 o'clock yeah. at night. Yeah, sure. You- I can kind of plan it. <laughs> so first, although to be, fa- <laughs> to be fair, like, you know, you and I have the luxury that we, you know, work from home most of the time. Sure. Um, but I do try to plan it out to make sure that I'm, although some, but sometimes it happens. Sometimes a book surprises you and you get to that point at 10 o'clock and then you're like, all right, here we go. But I do try to give myself a little bit more runway if I know a book is like that. The old surprising midpoint. (laughs) Sometimes book might have a big twist Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, it's midnight. And I still need to read 200 more pages to find out who, what's, what's happening. Yeah. Maybe there's a, a surgeon who's murdering people yeah. in this book. <laughs> wow, someone Who can take this pitch. It's up, for, up to you to write this book. <laughs> uh, so you can send your thoughts to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. Before we solve a reader problem, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is supported in part this week by Native. Bria, sometimes we get sponsors – that I am already using and I get really excited about it because Mm -hmm. our wonderful ad person, Kira, is like, hey, do you want, what do you feel about this? And I'm like, I am wearing that right now. And that is true of Native. Um, I use Native deodorant and Native soap. And Native Body Wash every single day. Wow. Well, they have a lot of things, Native. Really, what I love about Native is it makes it easy to switch to a brand that, like, you know, of of body care stuff that all their products have really simple ingredients, uh, which is something that I, you know, I've been trying to use more of, especially things that go on or in my body. Make sure that I'm using things that are a little, um, you know, just have less stuff in them. Yeah. So uh, that's why I love Native.
1: Yeah, and it and it uh, native creates products that are made with simple ingredients like shea butter and coconut oil. Things that make you smell good all day long. I was wearing this and I, I was like, "What is that great smell?" Oh, it's me. It's me. I smell yeah. so good right now. Um, and it ha- it checks a lot of other boxes. It's aluminum free. It's got twenty four hour production. It has zero residue on skin application and ten nice, lovely scents to choose from.
0: And I will say, if you are uh, nervous about an aluminum-free deodorant and how, like, I mean, this 24-hour odor protection is real. Like, I power lift with Native every day, and I am not smelly with it. So, I mean, if it if, if can withstand that, I think it can withstand just about everything. And it, they've also got body wash, which I really like, the bar soap, which I also really like, toothpaste, which I also use. They have shampoo, conditioner, sunscreen, which I also have, um... And again, this is all before they decided to sponsor the show. I was so stoked when they decided to sponsor us. It's really everything you need to take your self-care to the next level. And they just did uh, a limited edition collection with Baked by Melissa. Um, So if you feel like smelling like a cupcake, which I feel like most people do. Uh, Yes, thank uh, you, please. They have four new limited edition scents, which is Vanilla Cupcake... Mint cookie cupcake, fresh peach cupcake, and ginger lemonade cupcake. Uh, you can get that in deodorant, body wash, shampoo conditioner. It's pretty cool. Uh, I love the scents. I usually use the coconut vanilla one myself, um, but I like the Midnight sage and Jasmine one. They have a bunch of ones that are really a bunch of scents that are fantastic. Uh, you'll definitely be able to find one that you like.
1: So this year, up your personal hygiene routine with native. Go to Native Dio. DEO.com slash glasses, or you can use the promo code glasses at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash glasses or promo code glasses. Y'all know the promo code at checkout, at <laughs> checkout uh, for 20% off your first order. Glasses.
0: Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Lumi Labs. Bria, did you know that a lot of writers get into their creative state by microdosing? Oh, yes, I have heard of this. This feels like a really great way to jumpstart
1: those creative brain cells.
0: Yes. Uh, so you've probably heard about microdosing. Um, you know, if you search around on the internet, you'll find all sorts of people who are microdosing. Um there's a lot I I personally know a lot of writers, but I also there's also a lot of artists, just creative people in general, filmmakers. Uh, they're using it to to feel healthier, to perform better, to get more creative. Um, also, like, what's cool about microdosing is that you can um, use it to kind of jumpstart your creativity, but at the same time you can also use it to sleep a little bit better, like sort of on the other end of your day. Mm-hmm. You can use it to help with pain or anxiety. Um, I know a lot of powerlifters and uh, weightlifters uh, use it as for recovery from workouts, which I've also, I've, I've tried, which I really, really
1: like. Yeah, so in case, so our show today is sponsored by micro microdose gummies gummies how amazing is that microdose gummies deliver the perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good
0: yeah, I tried them uh, after uh, – I, I was like, ooh, workout and recovery. Yes, please. So I, I tried them after after powerlifting, and it was great. It definitely helps you relax. It helps you sort of wind down um, as an anxious person, something that, you know, I really appreciate. Um, and, uh, the, the, you know, the dosage is really nice because you can um, – you know, I started with it with with one gummy, but you can have a half. You can, you know, I think it's like they recommend one to three a day. So you really can kind of like dip your toe in there. You know, if you if mm-hmm. it seems, uh, you know, microdose is can be really. Um, uh, associated with like, oh, partying and psychedelic stuff, but actually more people that I know use it for just like every day, you know, just making the things that they're already doing a little bit better. Um, So if you are intimidated by it, if it it seems like, you know, something that you don't know a lot about it, they definitely make it easy to ease into it and to try it out. So
1: microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, just do a quick search online or go to microdosegummies.com and use code GLASSES to get free shipping. And 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdosegummies.com and code GLASSES. Glasses. Prepare yourself for the greatest pro wrestling podcast spectacular, known
0: as Five. A fact-dropping audio showcase that helps you understand the world of pro wrestling
1: with a lot of love
0: and no toxic
1: masculinity. Featuring host Daniel Radford.
0: Time to kick butt and chew gum. And I'm all out of
1: butts. Lindsey Cal.
0: I'm a brutal Brit and my fists were made to punch and hit. And how lovelin I was doing the voiceover this whole time. Hear us talk about pro wrestling's greatest triumphs and failures. And make fun of its weekly absurdities. On the Perfect Wrestling Podcast. Tights and Fights. Every
1: Saturday, Saturday, Saturday on Maximum Fun.
0: Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Morgan writes in, I have a situation that's worrying me. I'm studying for my master's in library science, yay, and I'm about to start a young adult literature class. I enjoy reading YA and was originally excited for the opportunity to learn more and go deeper with this class. However, looking at the syllabus, I'm a little overwhelmed. Throughout the semester, we're expected to read 13 YA novels, which averages to about one per week. Based on my reading speed and other commitments I have, that sounds like a really overwhelming workload. Thankfully, we do have some freedom to choose our books within certain criteria, but it's still daunting. I'll do whatever I can to help save time, like download the audiobook and listen to it whenever I can. Thank you, Libby. However, I'd hate to end up feeling like tasks such as driving or exercising are also homework because I need to continue listening to the book. I'm really worried that this course will end up souring my love for YA and that, come to the end of the semester, I'll feel like I've read enough for a lifetime be less eager to read YA in the future. I'd appreciate any tips you have on how to finish the books as quickly as possible, but more importantly, any steps I can take to help maintain the joy of reading YA and not let this turn into a negative experience. Thanks so much for your help. Bria, you have grad school experience. Wow. You know what this is like. I'm ready. I'm ready for this question. Now, to be fair, I
1: haven't been in grad school in a long time. I'm, I'm, Getting older, y'all. And it's been almost 20 years since I've been in grad school, I realized. Well, 15. It's been 15 years. Um, But I think one be- book a week is about average for grad school when I was in grad school per class. So it was three books a week, which made it a horribly stressful time. Um, but also it was, in theory, your job. I mean, I also had a job. And it sounds like uh, Morgan also has a job or something else that they have to do. Um, and... That makes it hard, for sure. Um, so I'm going to give you some advice that uh, your teacher probably doesn't want
0: you to hear. <laughs> but here we go. Um, the so, secrets, the grad school secrets from Bria Grant.
1: So again, I'm going to say it is a priority. It is homework. And I, I think your teacher will want you to know that. Um, uh, and and But your teacher probably understands that you have limited time. Um, so I would say start with getting an idea of the book by reading as much as possible. So when I was in grad school, I would say, okay, how many pages do I have to read this week? Great. This is a book. So one of your YA books, it's divided into the number of pages you have to read that week. 40 pages a day doesn't seem that crazy, but 210 pages a week is like, oh, that's kind of a lot. Am I doing that math right? No, it'd be 280 pages, whatever. But So dividing it up and seeing, like, actually how much you have to read a day um, and treating it like a job, I think that is important. So doing that. But the real advice I'm going to give you is get as far as you fucking can. Get as far as you can. Get an idea of the book, what the language is like, what the characters are like, why this book is important. Because I think that's what your teacher's trying to do, right? Your teacher's trying to say, these are the important books in YA, the important themes, whatever it is that you need to know as a librarian to be able to recommend and talk intelligently about YA with a a person who doesn't know anything about it or is looking for a recommendation or is looking for an explanation. You know, like YA has a lot of topics in it, like that maybe parents are like, oh, should my child be reading this book that covers something, a sensitive topic? Um, So just so you're familiar with what the book is like, and then go to that Wikipedia page, and read about it, maybe read a few reviews. You don't I will say there were so many books in grad school that I just didn't... I was like, okay, I get it. Like, you get the idea. You don't have to read every single word because this is more about your education. Again, and Mallory, I think you'll agree with this, but that you think that it's about... You need to be able to talk intelligently about these books and know what these books are about. That's what the goal is here. The goal is not, did I read every single word of the book? I don't think that's cheating if you're able to say, you know... I read the Wikipedia. I read a bunch of reviews and, like, why this book isn't important, why we're all talking about this book. Like, but—and I think that that will get you to where you need to be. And so—and I think you can do that in under 100 pages in each book. I think you can Mm -hmm. do—I think you can read it get an intro to the book, like you're like, okay, this is what the language is like in this one, because that's what you're trying to do is just introduce yourself to different types of YA books here. And and that should hopefully keep it from, you'll still get to be able to read some for fun. And there, I'm sure there'll be some ones that you're like, I love this book. It's going to keep me up all night. I got to finish it. And the ones you're going to be like, not for me. I'm going to just kind of read what this book is about so I can talk about it in my grad school class and argue with people about its themes. <laughs> um <laughs> what do you think Mallory do you I mean this is my advice is that I don't think you have to read every single word of every single book and just instead educate yourself on the book
0: itself I would totally agree with that and I also I mean first off congratulations this is really yeah let's go very one more lovely librarian in the world that's wonderful um it seems like Morgan has a lot of really good ideas for getting all this reading done, uh, and I totally agree with Bria. you know that i I love a manageable chunk. Mm-hmm. I love breaking things up into a chunk, and Same. I think that um uh bumping up the listening speed on an audiobook is good, but I think s- things seem oh, yeah. l- a lot less less overwhelming when you break them into like okay. I can, and the more you read, I mean, by, by now, at least Bree and I know, I know how long it's going to take me to read something. Um, so you can start planning a little bit better knowing like, okay, well I got to get 50 pages a day done to, to get this book. Um, but dividing all this stuff by five, because I think it, and I know it's really hard in grad school, especially when you are, when you have a job, I, you know, everyone's stressed out. We all have a lot of things going on. Um, but I would try to, um, uh, Put, put up some boundaries here, uh, Morgan. I would not recommend that you, you know, read every single day, even on the weekends, that read when you're driving, read when you're exercising. It just sounds like you are you're would be getting on the fast track to burnout. You know what I mean? Like driving, okay, fine. But exercising too is maybe not a good idea. If you can do two hours a day, five days a week, maybe one in the morning, one in the evening, you're golden. You know, just make sure you're getting some time each day that is a break. From, from all of this. I think that Morgan's concerns are valid. If, if she's going to be trying to read at every, you know, at every waking moment for the entirety of this course, she's going to get burnt out. She's not going to like YA anymore and it's not going to be fun. Even if you can carve out the tiniest t- amount of time every day that's You know, if if it's your yoga or you're running or whatever, however you exercise, whatever you do, even if it's just staring at a wall that's like fenced off and kept safe. Because, Bria, you're, you're totally right. Even though this is reading and it is fun and it's YA, it's still work. This is still part of your job right now. So you have to find some time in your day that isn't reading, Yeah, isn't this.
1: Yeah, and I think, oh, you're saying, yeah, I mean, of course, like, yeah, I mean, I think it's this class is obviously 13, 14 weeks long. I think that like figuring out what those two, two and a half months are going to look like, it will also be helpful because I think Mm -hmm. right now, like you're staring down a list of like, oh my God, this is so many things I have to do. But like if you separate it out over time, you'll realize, okay, I may get a little burnt out. This may be a little tough, but then at the end— you can take a long break from those YA books and I'm sure you're going to come back to them too. Like I, I know that's the concern is that you're going to hate YA by the end. I think you're going to be okay. I think like if you like, t- you're probably going to want to break from YA at the end. <laughs> you know, like I don't, I wouldn't suggest diving into another YA book after, but I think you'll <laughs> probably come back to it. And I think Mallory's right is like making sure you aren't burning, finding that way when you realize you're reaching burnout and finding that way to g- get get around it.
0: Yeah, I would um, – we see it all the time on the show. We get, we get emails literally every single day that are like, hey, grad school made me not like reading anymore, but then I came back to it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't – you're not going to – You're even if you get um, a little bit YA'd out, it's going to come back. YA'd out.
1: <laughs> Too much young adventuring with a cool
0: protagonist. <laughs> uh, so if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Time to answer a recommendation request. Luke writes in, Your show rules. It's really helped me get back on the reading wagon and stay on. Man, I want to be on a reading wagon. I imagine it's like a covered wagon, but instead of being full, filled with like hard tack and nails and shit, it's just nothing but books. Uh I was one of those that sent in my wheelhouse uh, for the Maximum Fun Drive, and I really love the recommendations you guys sent back. Mary Spinster and Destroyer both rule especially. Recently I've discovered a new wheelhouse item that I am struggling to find more of, what I call light dystopias, which are stories where the characters very clearly live in a dystopian society, but either don't realize or can't really do anything about it, so they go on with their lives, doing their best to be kind and heroic and helpful while living in a broken system or world. Do you have any books that are similar. Any books where the characters, despite living in in a dystopia slash corrupt system that they can't really topple or change, keep being stubbornly good anyways. Bonus, my updated wheelhouse is fantasy and sci-fi with MLM protagonists. For a second, I thought this was multi-level marketing scheme, but it's actually, it's men loving men. (laughs) I I, I literally just looked it up, and yes, it is men loving men. I believe. But, I mean, what if you did an MLM, MLM novel where where it was gay characters trying to defeat a multi-level marketing or involved
1: in a multi-level selling a multi-level marketing
0: (laughs) Um, heroic reapers slash psychopomps and necromancers myths slash classic retellings with queer feminist slash modern twists historical fiction with fantasy elements heroic monarchs and of course light dystopia bria this was a question you were born to answer (laughs) yeah
1: so this light
0: dystopia i
1: like this idea i think this is what i i call our world but different You know, where it's like, oh, it's just, it's just a hair different, but these people don't realize that it's different. It's not something they're actively fighting against all of the time. Man, I had a lot of these. I was trying to figure out what would be like a really good one. The one I was thinking of would be The Age of Miracles, which is a book I love talking about by Karen Thompson Walker, which is about, it is, the people do know they're living in a dystopia because all of a sudden one day they realize the earth, um, the rotation of the earth has slowed um, and the days start to grow longer and there's literally like nothing they can do about it. There's nowhere to escape to. And it's just about these teens kind of like living through this time. Um, And it's great uh, and dark. Um, But then um, if you want one where it's more like heroic, a little bit people realize they're living in this dark time, I would say The Heart Goes Last by Margaret Atwood is great, which is about people who are living... um, in a time where prisons are privatized, uh, like they are currently in a lot of places. But um, in this world, there isn't um, enough. Basically, everyone has to go spend half of their life in a prison. So for six months out of the year, they go live in prison. And six months out of the year, they go live in a house. And they trade off with other people who also go live in the same house. They have the same house as somebody else, and they just all trade off. Um, and this is just the way the system works and these people there there's there's a love story that happens in the middle of it um uh, it's great and i have a few more that i'll just list uh or a send to you I, I would say recursion by blake crouch love minus 80 by will McIntosh. i think there there's just a lot of really good ones in this sort of like our world but different space um do you have ones for luke
0: yeah i think the new becky chambers book oh, cool. is, is a good fit for this I, well it's a series i think the second one just came out uh the first one is a psalm for the wild built and i know it's a big glasser pick a lot of classers yeah, love this I book actually even read it which is Shame on me. So this this book series it takes place in a dystopian future and it's definitely that kind of feeling of like okay well all the shit's already happened thing shit's fucked but we can't really do much about it so we're just kind of dealing with it, you know what I mean? Uh we're just kind of like coping and do, doing doing the doing the best that we can in this weird dystopian world and the main character is this monk um I think it's it's a team it's like a monk that works with T and encounters this old robot from like centuries before this, like old robot comes out of the wilderness uh, and the robot is still like going and working. And the robot's whole purpose is finding out what people need And so the monk takes this robot on a quest to ask people and find the answer to this question. What do people need? And it's very dystopian, but it's really light and it's heartwarming. And it's really just like all about trying to do your best and be kind. in a dystopian world. And it's a novella. So, um, you know, nice, the light dystopia that's also a light read. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So I think that would work for Luke. So that is um, A Psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers. And I would say The Age of Miracles by Karen Thompson Walker. Start there. Um, if you uh, want us to answer your recommendation request, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, folks, you want to look cool and bookish and support Reading Glasses. You can buy our merch over at our Void Merch store. We absolutely love our Void Merch store. Please check it out. There's a ton of stuff in there. Um, from you know mugs to shirts uh really wide variety of things there's a link to it in the show notes and if you like the show and you're like wow i want to support mallory and bria but i want to do it for free i don't want to spend any money you can go over to apple Podcasts, go over to wherever you uh review podcasts and rate and review us give us a five-star review tell people why you love reading glasses uh, you know it, it really is we, we say this all the time but it really actually helps us it's not mm-hmm. just like oh this is nice it's, it's like reviewing a book on goodreads or something it actually has a, an effect where it makes people more likely to test out the show makes advertisers more likely to want to advertise on our show and give us money to feed our cats it really is uh, just a wonderful free easy quick thing that you can do for us you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at reading podcast on instagram at readingglassespodcast. podcast and thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading, reading.